following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 92 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. This is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We come to you every Monday with a brand new episode for free. Uh, here on this very feed um according to an email i received we are the 37th uh ranked wrestling podcast in italy so shout out italy uh and yeah as as well as uh you know the regular normal episodes that we have here we have our patreon as well it's the beginning of the month so now would be the perfect time to start up uh we have you know three four different tiers if you're interested in movie reviews stank and i do a movie review called uh scrump and stank's family video which uh, we have so much fun doing. We just recorded one on Twister with uh, one of the patrons, Joshua Davis. Very fun episode. As well as that, we have a, uh, an additional show in the form of Go Go Scrump and Stank. It's kind of me and Stank uh, going down memory lane as it pertains to Power Rangers. Uh, again, we just I just put out a, a free episode of that uh, where we talked about Bulk and Skull over on the feed. And uh, yeah, so if you're interested in signing up, head over to patreon.com forward slash PWTCast. And uh, Dave, with us talking about uh, Patreon, it's uh, might as well shout them out because we we have some, I have a very fun story about uh, two specific patrons. Uh, but, All right. But of course, I want to shout out Clifford Frazier, uh, the wonderful Clifford Frazier. Love, love that guy so much. Yeah. Jesse Kohlenberg as well. Shout out Wisconsin. Uh, our little buddy, Mark Villanueva. Joshua Davis, who joined us again for this week's episode where we talked about Twister. Uh, awesome guy that Joshua Davis is. Uh, I look forward to talking to him again. Ryan Mears, of course. I I can't wait for wrestling shows to come back so I can start running into Ryan Mears. That was always my, that was always the best part of like uh, Freelance Fridays, you know, was running into good old Ryan Mears. Um, Waiting for some good old hot dogs. Yeah. I, I also can't wait to to finally run into this gentleman once borders, of course, uh, open back up. I'm talking about uh, our man Neil Flanagan. Also, very excited to record with him as well because uh, Neil is such a gem. Like Neil, when when you hear Neil, you'll you'll be asking me, you're like, why isn't this guy killing it in the voiceover game? And I'm wondering the same thing as well. Uh, shout out to Shannon Howenick, uh, Shannon. I hope to see you uh, once again once the borders open up and I head up to Canada. Uh, our buddy Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, oh, love me some Hot Topic Joe. Um, I, I was thinking about the other day how much time we spent with him and his uh, wonderful girlfriend Rachel on the cruise, and uh, hope to see him again. Ryan yeah. Cro- Ryan Crossley, who uh, started out as a three dollar patron and worked his way up to uh, a twenty dollar patron. So shout out Ryan Crossley. Uh, you know we love you over here at the PWT Cast. Um, Taffy as well. Oh, I, I love me some Taffy. Everyone who knows me knows how much I love Taffy. Vivian Urbina. I talk about her almost every episode. She's kind of like the third Beatle at this point. Uh, our man, Anthony Torres, always uh, shouting us out, always, you know, telling people how much he loves the PWT cast. Uh, my boys from, uh, I, have, I have a secret group chat uh, with some people from the post wrestling community. Uh, and it includes two of the, of these patrons in, in the form of WH Park, the great and powerful WH Park, and Brandon from New Jersey. Uh, our man John Ceno, who, oh God, if you think you watch too much wrestling, this guy watches even more. But uh, he recaps it all in 15 minutes, so check out A Shot in the Dark. 
uh, over at Post Wrestling. And then this last person was, uh, it, it was a shocker to me. Sometimes there's people who tell me that they listen to the show, and I would have never guessed it. Or it's kind of just one of those like, oh, okay, cool. That's always fun. You know, and like, I love it. I, I love when I find out that like um, friends or family actually like listen to the podcast because like I know in my head, it's like, oh, nobody listens to this. It's just me and Dave yelling into the void, you know? Um, but I got an email this weekend that uh, that my godfather signed up for this. Uh, shout, shout out Jesus. Um I, I I don't know if I've ever talked about it before or not. So I grew up in the same house for like the first 13 years of my life. And through that, I became my, my family as a whole became super close to, um, the, the family that owned the building. I, I call, you, you know, I, my actual like, um, family, like my blood family, uh, I get along with them, you know, as far as like my cousins and aunts and uncles go, there's a handful of them that I get along with, but for the most part, uh, it's this side of the family that I get along with so much more. Um, they had three kids, the oldest of course being Jesus. So they were just like my siblings, everything about me, uh, like pop culture wise is kind of who I am now. I mostly like, uh, I owe it to them, you know, my taste in music, my taste in how, and like, it's just a a bunch of things I credit to them. And, yeah it's so weird that like i was like oh shit jesus like he probably listens to this maybe he just signed up to be nice uh or maybe he does listen but super cool i was just like oh fuck yeah yeah." um because again it's like i don't in my mind it's just you and i yelling out into the void (laughs) you doing this uh but knowing that like people actually listen is uh was very fun so so shout out jesus shout out to all the patrons shout out to anyone who does listen to to these episodes you know Wes Allen, Wes, Wes Allen and his family over, uh, at the Jabroni U, uh, network of, of podcasts. They did a really fun episode with Marty and Sarah this week. And it very much made me like miss hanging out with friends, you know? Yeah. Like even, even before we started this, Sarah Shockey sent me a, a photo of all of us where she, uh, she did like a live show at, at this small theater over here. And I was there. It was like me, Eddie Kingston, Scarlett Bordeaux, just uh, I think Jimmy Lee was there as well. It was a who's who of, uh, you know, uh, people, friends of Marty and Sarah. And it just it made me miss hanging out with friends again. Yeah, we're uh, it kind of feels like we're getting closer to that goal more than ever now. It, it, it seems like we've kind of been in this weird purgatory forever, but uh hopefully we're at the tipping point and we're that's right around the corner true um hey speaking of friends um i got to hang out with some friends this week uh virtually of course um i recorded with the boys over at the wrestling nrd podcast uh that drops tomorrow tuesday um and i'll be plugging it more like on our social media and my social media and stuff but that was super fun um you know ryan crossley one of the people dave canning and um who was the other fella? I forget his name. Nick Carpenter. Nick Carpenter. Shout out Nick Carpenter. Uh, yeah. yeah, he had some audio issues. I felt so bad. Like as a as a fellow podcaster, I know how much it sucks when like yeah, you know, like I we famously you're panicking. Oh God, that Eric Bischoff <laughs> episode. We t- I believe we talked about it where yeah. we had some audio issues and we were just like scrambling around to like 
solve them. Um, as well as when Nick Aldis tried to blame his uh, shoddy Wi-Fi on us. But it's okay. Yep. I love Nick Aldis. He, he had a, it was really fun talking with him. But I did that podcast. I believe we recorded two. Uh, they were like, hey, we're going to record this special Patreon one if you want to stick around. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'll stick around. Um, very fun. I, I have an accompanying story to that specific night because um, someone asks a question. And uh, there's an accompanying story to that. But also, Dave, you said right around the corner. You know what else is like right around the corner? Uh, Bullet Club Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, May 3rd. Everyone's been anticipating this. Yeah, May 3rd, Bullet Club Day. Everyone's getting their uh, Bullet Club shirts. Mark Villanueva. Oh, that lo- our, our little buddy, Mark Villanueva, was so happy that he could get himself some Hangman Page shirts, finally. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, for those of you guys unaware, he is the Hangman Page of Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, but there are there's uh, two special things dropping uh over on pro wrestling tees dave why don't you tell them about it uh well you know right right before i upload all the new bullet club day shirts i squeezed in two of our own now it's been a while since we've released some shirts it's just been crazy hectic at pro wrestling tees you know uh i don't know well i won't say what we launched because i don't know if it's wide knowledge but we've been launching some things and getting out micro brawlers and you know really working hard but um i finally got a little bit of free time and you know since we do these two new shows uh, for our patrons we've got uh, scrub and steaks family video and go go scrub and stink and i was finally able to make logos for them so uh i think they turned out pretty good what do you think i think i have two brand new tattoos dave um <laughs> which tends to be the sentiment every time you release uh we release a new design no yeah these designs are awesome um if you're a member of the of the patreon you'll be getting some stickers so you maybe you may be more familiar with this line um yeah. than most if you if you catch what i'm what i'm throwing out there um no these are awesome designs like uh the the um scrump and stings family video one it looks like if you were driving in rural indiana and you saw like <laughs> a, a like a small mom mom and pop video store it'd be that right there uh, and then, of course, the Go-Go Scrum and Stank one just, uh, just my chef's kiss, you know, like if there needs to be a chef's kiss emoji, which I'm, I'm I don't know why there isn't yet, but there needs to be one specifically for this, you know, um, so fucking awesome. Head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash PWTCast and pick one up if you, you know, it, while you're over there grabbing all your Bullet Club merch because these bad these bad boys are are fire as the kids say they are lit um so yeah so happy i'm gonna i maybe like two weeks ago i printed out a bunch of pwt cash shirts for myself and looks like now i'm gonna have to print out a bunch more because again they just oh just they look so amazing also it's not up yet because we just got the prototype but uh our embroidery guy at the shop hector finally got her logo on a hat so uh, we're in in the very near future. We got to take some photographs of it for the site, but you know we'll have a PWT cast hat, uh, maybe a beanie. Who knows? The sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. All right, things are coming up big for the PWT cast. Yeah. Um, as well as hey, episode one hundred is approaching soon. We're about eight weeks away. I did the math. We will be recording the week of my birthday, which is quite the birthday present, really. You know, all yeah. things considering. Um, and yeah, we're we're planning some real fun special stuff for that, you know, like some some commemorative things, just uh, you know, just to celebrate the big one hundred. 
which again I talk about is weird because 104 should be what we're really celebrating with yeah. being our two year anniversary. Um, but 100 just sounds nicer, you know. Uh, so looking forward to, to doing some fun stuff with that. And of course, you know, we'll keep you guys in the loop. Um, some big stuff coming in June is, is all I'm going to say. Um, but Dave, uh, this week's episode is uh, the, what I coined uh, a Q and stank. Uh, our guest, she, we were supposed to record with her Thursday. Um, she had some stuff come up last minute. Then we were supposed to record with her Saturday. And again, same kind yeah. of stuff happened. So, and you know what? We're like, it's fine. You're a hall of famer. Like you're, yeah. you're a legendary figure within the world of wrestling. It is fine. Like we, you know, we will work around your schedule. Don't worry about fucking stupid scrump and stank. Like, and we'll let you guys speculate as to who the hall of famer is. Ex- exactly. Listen, we're getting hall of famers on here now, brother. First, yeah. uh, Eric Bischoff and I don't know, you know, uh, we, who could we be talking about? LOL. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, so she had to do that. And very early on in the podcast, Dink and I would take questions. Um, and so I, and l- listen, if any of you guys follow me on Instagram, I do Q and A's like every week, like yeah, every week. Yeah. Like, and it's fucked up because I, I always do it and expect no one's going to ask me anything and people just ask me shit. And sometimes like, I tend to like do more of like the non wrestling related questions just cause like, I don't want to just talk wrestling all the time. Right. But, but, uh, there are sometimes some fun wrestling ones and like, um, people seem to enjoy it. You know, like I get, I get a lot of like feedback on random things that I post. And, uh, so I had fun with that. I have fun with that. And I figured, Hey, fuck it. Let's do that. Q and stink this week. And we got a decent amount of questions really. Like I, I was anticipating, a lot more wrestling related questions, but there are some kind of fun, like uh random what ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, so we got the most through Facebook. Um, so I figured I would hit up the, uh, we got one from Twitter. We got some on the email, but um, yeah, I mean, if you're ready, Dave, let's just, uh, let's go ahead and get I'm into down. this cute stink. I've, I've made an effort to not try and pre look at these. I did see some of them, uh, only because I was tagged on the post, but I I glossed over it really quick, and so these will be off the cuff answers. All right. Well then, let's let's head over to uh, to Canada for our first question. I mentioned him, of course. Uh, we, our first questions are actually both from fellow Canadians, but the first one is from the great and powerful W. H. Park. He asks, "What's your favorite aspect of Batman?" I'm a huge fan of the te- of the detective side of him. And I'm disappointed we have never seen that properly shown in live action. Dave, I'll, I'll let you answer that one first, as I know you're the bigger uh, Batman guy. Yeah, so for me, okay, so there's not really a definitive Batman. You know, we're talking about a character from like the 40s on. He's had many different iterations. Um, the way I view Batman, and I think a lot of current Batman fans kind of use Batman the animated series as the template. He's smart, he's kind, uh he tries to do no harm when he can. Uh and even when like bad guys are in peril, he will do his best to try and save them. Um and I really feel like one I agree they don't really show him as a detective very often. And that's part of my my big gripe with um Zack Snyder's version of, of Batman, he just seems dumb. He always seems confused by everything. Um, 
So, yeah, so I will agree with WH on that. Um, for me, Batman is kind of, he's kind of like a modern day samurai in that he goes by a code. Um, and the, the one thing I think that should be in every iteration of Batman is uh, he has a real strong force of will. Like, you, you know, everyone rolls their eyes and says, oh, Batman, he's 10 steps of everyone. You can't beat Batman because he's already beaten you. But the the genesis, the real nugget at the center of that is this indomitable will. And um, that's actually kind of like a tenet of martial arts when you when you sign up kids for taekwondo or karate you know, almost always one of the bullet points is, you know, self-defense, confidence, indomitable spirit. And Batman embodies that there, there have been times where he's been dehydrated and under 600 pounds of dirt and he bench pressed it off of him, or, you know, he'll have his back up against the wall and the entire justice league is down and he'll end up stopping a bunch of Martians that, that underestimated him. Um, he's dodged, he's dodged Omega beams from dark side. There's things that like, when you look at a character that doesn't have inherent like powers, his power is indomitable will. And I think that's, that's a really good thing to aspire to as an actual human. You don't have to be blessed with top tier genetics or, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, an otherworldly skill set and, most of most of the best Batman moments have nothing to do with the amount of wealth that he has. It's that um, at the end of the day, when it's mano y mano, he's going to outwill you and and win no matter what. So to me, that that's Batman in a nutshell. Indomitable spirit. I I kind of with me, it's the same thing, really. You know, like there's a lot more of the the humanity that Batman mm-hmm. shows. You know, like I I think back to. Um, which one is it? Batman v Superman. Not a good movie, like at all, like straight up, not a good movie. But one of my favorite scenes in a Batman anything is as Superman and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Zod. Is that is that the General Zod? Yeah, as they're destroying like downtown Metropolis, or is it Gotham? I think it's Gotham, but but he has a uh, there's a Wayne Enterprises building in Gotham. Okay, so yeah, so you know, downtown is being destroyed. Everyone is scared, running for their lives, and the one person running into the thick of it to save as many people as he can is Bruce Wayne. And that just that comes from the fact that like as a child, you know, he lost his parents in front of him. So anything he can do to save, you know, to prevent that, to help prevent that, like he's going to do that. Realistically, he should just be using his money to you know, for Gotham, uh, you know, like mental health services and help rebuild the infrastructure. But then that would be no fun. Um, I think it's like you mentioned, it's just, it's the spirit of, of Batman, like Bruce Wayne, as much as he's this, um, you know, mythical daunting figure who kind of just hides in the shadows, like you mentioned, and like can out outsmart you, um, based on just how deep his pockets are, you know, with, when it goes to technology, like, the humanity in him is something that like it, I, I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough you know um so yeah i i i would just kind of going off what dave said it's it's his will you know like he is at his core um a scared little boy that wants to just make sure that what happened to him doesn't happen to anyone else 
And I think that's uh, pretty cool. And he can kill Superman, even though Superman's yeah. an alien. Uh, we go to Brent Chittenden uh, of the True North Nerds podcast, another friend of the show. He asks, um, kind of kind of outside of wrestling, but I'm curious, what are you guys listening to lately, music and or podcast-wise? Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that one first. Uh, yeah. Nick, uh, Matt Nick's friend of the show, he put me onto the show called Hey Babe. Um, it's hosted by Sal Volcano and his friend Chris. Um, it's just the two guys just shooting the shit. Um, super funny. Like I'm a huge fan of Impractical Jokers and Sal. You know, one of my favorite people on that show, especially because he's a big wrestling fan. Um, but this show is literally just two dudes just doing this, just talking shit. Just like um, it's super funny. Like. You know, most episodes are about like an hour long, so they're pretty easy to get through. Um, one of our coworkers, uh, Skylar, she she's super into like Impractical Jokers as well. So she was, it would be one of those things where she'd be like, "Oh my god, have because we were both kind of like catching up at the same time." And uh, she would be like, "Oh, like, did you get to this part yet? Did you get part?" Yet? And it's one of those like, ah, like don't ruin it for me." Um, funny enough, they did a bit with uh, I'm not, I forget the name of the podcast, but I know you, you kind of you listen to it. It's with um, uh, Bobby Lee and uh, Santino. Tiger Belly. Yeah, they they did a fun prank with them where they uh, they sent them a bag of shit. Like you can uh, mail some, you can mail someone like a bag of animal shit. Uh, they di- they didn't open it for a few days because it got there late, so they didn't get back to the office till like that Monday or whatever. Um, it's just like ridiculous stories like that. Um, and as far as like music goes, current like currently, I've been listening to a lot of Leonard Cohen. I don't know if that means I'm like depressed or or what, but like Leonard Cohen has been uh, a lot of what I've been listening to lately. Um, what about you, Dave? What, what do you listen to these days? Um, so, I mean, I always say I don't listen to podcasts that much. Um, there, there was a time I was listening to almost all the, the Conrad Thompson wrestling podcast one, because I was on a train and I needed something to kind of like listen to and fall asleep to not saying that they put me to sleep, but, um, it's nice to have background noise. So like I used to listen to something to wrestle with, uh, uh, 83 weeks with Eric, you know, friend of the show, Eric Bischoff stuff like that but i was it was just a lot of wrestling stuff and and again when when you see how the sausage is made sometimes you just don't want sausage that's just the fact of the matter but as far as like like regular podcasts that i listen to to and from work uh tiger belly normally is is one of them um i haven't listened to him for a while because i'm just trying to catch up you know on the guests and just have just knock out a bunch of guests in a row that i like um Probably my favorite podcast right now is uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, which uh, uh, Dan Hauser was just on it. I was surprised to see him show up on the on the uh, list. But, um, yeah, seeing Conan O'Brien kind of let his guard down and not have the late-night talk show persona and, you know, hearing him you know say fuck <laughs> is kind of weird. But it, it's it's him and his assistant, Sonam Obsessian, and uh, the show producer Matt Gorley, and the, like the three of them have a really fun dynamic, and it's really fun to listen to. And he, he'll get like really good guests. You know, he's got like Bob Odenkirk or Jane Lynch or JB Smoove, uh, Paul Rudd. So he's got like a real murderer's row of uh, really good guests. Michelle Obama was on the show 
Now, uh, now Dave, hmm? you said my podcast puts you to sleep. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Conan O'Brien's show, that, that is also one that uh, for a while – um, I was just uh, same thing. We, listening to it weekly. Yeah. Um, I've also kind of been playing catch up with that, but no, I, I very much listened to that Dan Housen episode from like I believe it's like two weeks ago now, and yeah, su- super awesome, super fun to see that. Yeah, and then uh, outside of that, I've been really getting into like true crime, like like miniseries ones. Like Serial was really good. Um, uh, Dateline NBC has Mommy Doomsday. Uh, there's something about Pam. Uh, and I'm actually listening to Broken, and it's it's a story that, uh, or it's a it's a podcast. It's on season two still. There, I think there might be a third season where they go in depth about uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, and like what led to him being able to be such a monster. And then season two really focuses on some of the victims that you know feel like they could speak up, and then they've been pursuing justice. So it's been really cool to kind of follow that. There's a lot of stuff that people say you know, off the cuff about Jeffrey Epstein. Um, but there's a lot, there's a lot more than a lot of people realize that goes, goes on with this guy. So, um, that's been a really good listen. As as far as music goes, anyone that knows me knows for the longest time, I was a really big hip hop head, but I'm not feeling hip hop lately. I don't know if it's because I'm getting old. Um, but lately I've been listening to (laughs) a lot of synth wave music, which is like 80s style, like uh synth music um and then also some of the newer r&b and soul stuff like uh duran jones and the indications or the avalanches um just stuff like that it's easy listening stuff i don't have to i guess maybe i'm in a different place in my life where i don't identify with the the hard street hustle but um I'm, i'm looking for good vibes lately that so. that is a the thing they say too with like music where they're just like at a certain point you like you're old you're quote unquote old when you just stop listening to newer you music. You don't get it anymore. Which yeah. like I I I was talking about it at the shop. I don't I don't believe I talked about it with you. One of the things that just like infuriates me, like and you know me, I actually I'm not gonna say I don't get mad often. I, I get mad often. But one of the yeah. things that like infuriates me to my core are those YouTube videos where it's like kids reacting to like nineties music or like nineties movies and them not knowing. And yeah. It's it's pretty they're just pretty much baiting me because listen, if you did one of those and for those of you un- unaware, it's usually like, oh, we're gonna play, you know, a snippet of a song, guess the song. And it'll be something like popular, something that like everyone fucking would, you know, they'll play like uh, Mr. Brightside by the Killers, something that yeah. uh, like everyone knows. And these kids will be like, I don't, I don't know, I don't really listen to like emo music. And it's like, yeah, you don't have to. That is such like a, a famous, you know, or they'll play like uh, uh, fucking, you know, it was a good day by Ice Cube. And they're just like, oh, I don't know. Is that Tupac? Again, songs that you should know just because they are just in ingrained in pop culture, you know, and they, and they get played in the state. Like there, there is this, there's this YouTuber called King Guap. And what he'll do is he'll listen to hip hop music from like the two thousands and like nineties. Yeah. And there's no way you have not heard still Dre by Dr. Dre. There's no way. And he'll be like, 
They'll be like, man, that that guy, Dr. Dre, really knows what he's doing. I was like, you've heard this song. I swear to God, you're a dummy. There was one. There was one video where so it was kids with their parents, and oh, the, there was one cool dad. Clearly, you could tell because the girl guessed everything. You know, yeah, um, like everything. She she literally knew everything. But like all the other videos, it was just like the parents are so disappointed. Like there was this yeah. there was this one kid. Uh, it, I felt bad. He it was it was. Like his dad just looked so pissed off at him the entire time, but he didn't guess anything. And at one point, he he didn't know California Love was. He's like, he's like, he was like, I don't know. He's like, I guess I've just never heard this song. And his dad was like, No, 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 you have. And like, even the people behind the camera, they're like, No, you have. He's like, No, I really have. Everyone is like, No, like you have heard this song. But (laughs) but I always I the way I pair the way I kind of phrase it or put it is like. If you put me in where I like, guess these songs from the '80s, I would be the exact same because I like I know some '80s music, and I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of '80s music that I know not by name, you know. But and yeah. so it's just like baiting. But I just get so rationally angry. Where I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean you don't know the entire soundtrack to my childhood? <laughs> Very well, good. When it comes to that, you know, like my oldest stepson Scotty's not really into hip hop. Uh, my youngest stepson Jake we bonded over hip hop. And so like when you talk about like kids that can name songs, he's very good at that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we would go through hip hop history. We'd talk about, you know, the East coast, West coast wars, uh, why certain rappers didn't, you know, we actually would like discuss this and same thing with like my daughter to a lesser extent. But, um, you know, my daughter, like on command, if I told her to come over, she can, she can recite a line from big pun, uh, twins, deep cover, uh, like I'll say, hey, do the line, and she'll go dead in the middle of Little Italy. Little did we know that we riddled some middlemen who didn't do diddly. Like I want my kid to know stuff like that, and you know maybe it's not uh, appropriate for their time, or like they, you know, they didn't live in the time frame where, where stuff like this was. But it's a part of you know music culture. I mean, I so. talk, I talk about it all the time. Like I know a lot of like Mexican music because it was like that's what my parents were listening to. But if it right. wasn't for like. Like Jesus, you know, my godfather, Jesus, if it wasn't for him and his two sisters, yeah, shout out Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus and his two sisters, a lot, there was like a lot of like punk music, you know, like rock music that I know because of, you know, that like I can listen to it now and it's just synonymous with them. Like I, I, someone asked me like, what's a song you unironically love on like my Instagram? And I said, pretty fly for a white guy. And like, I'm serious. Like I was dead serious (laughs) where it's like, I remember, uh, Mike, his sister Sandra, she would always put it on on her fucking um like uh st- what is it like a boombox basically, yeah. And me and my sister were just oh we loved it we loved that fucking song, and like I I have I know nothing of like NSYNC and in sync Backstreet Boys like Britney Spears just a lot of that and not because like oh I'm too I'm too cool for that music, it's not what I was it's my parents were listening right. to it they weren't fucking listening to it. So it's like, I would have never been exposed to it. Kind of the same thing with like Prince. Yeah. I've, I've listened to, uh, purple rain only because it's met Nick's theme song. <laughs> like I've just, no one in, no one in my life has ever said like, I need to listen to Prince. And it's subsequently, I'm sure after telling the story, people will yell at me that I, I should listen to Prince. Um, and listen, I've, you know, I have since heard other Prince songs and, and they're, they're good. They're fine. But again, it's like one of those things where I'm just like, 
I don't know. I, like I, I also have such like a random eclectic taste like in music because of that right. too. Because it's like, I don't know, you know. But um, well, I mean, to to complete the answer to the question too, like I always give stupid Michael shit for this, but like whenever you know I'm at the shop, he only wants to play like R and B and like soft hip hop from like 2005. Like it's always like a Nelly song or uh ashante or you know what i mean i'm like i was like why and i you know we give him shit i was like why do you only play the softest r&b ever and you know it, 112 peaches and cream he'll play and it, it's but that's you know that's what he likes when it came out and like we're you me and him are both old enough and, and you're getting there where we've we're starting to hit our oldies age where like all these oldies were the best songs ever and nothing's ever going to top them. So, Oh, of course. Like, I, like it's, it's weird. Listen, when, when I am present for this and I, it's like you guys are talking fucking Japanese. Cause I don't understand any of it. I don't know yeah. who these groups are. I like, I don't like, I don't like that music that like soft R and B like it's just, yeah. it's, it's not my thing, you know, but that radio I, friendly stuff. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I get it. Like, listen, if you want to talk about, um, you know the 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 cultural the cultural impact of uh two thousand two thousand and ones uh when the smoke clears by three six mafia I'm all in you know like the <laughs> yeah. other the other day in front of the show Vivian she um she like made a playlist of like uh old music like older music like music that like we would have listened to growing up you know because we're same age yeah everything I already had in my in my playlist any single time I find like a earliest 2000 rap playlist i've already got every song in my like in my itunes so it's it, you know very uh, very yeah. very little times do i find like hidden gems and i'm like oh yeah i completely forgot about this song um but yeah let's uh let's move on to the next question <laughs> um this one comes from frank frank spahik of course um he says stank i heard frank ate eight tacos on taco thursday i know you have eaten eight as well question is can you see yourself eating nine maybe ten to show you're the taco king of one hour teas uh frank of course uh vice president of worldwide operations here at pro wrestling teas um (laughs) every every taco thursday it's me and him having at least seven or eight tacos and everyone's like jesus christ what's wrong with you guys but we're big fellas we like tacos um, I also saw Dougie Nunya get in on this, claiming he's a taco king. I guarantee you, and I say this with zero equivocation and no fear and no sense of irony, I will crush anyone at Pro Wrestling Tees or in the Pro Wrestling Tees VIP in the amount of tacos. I may not beat you in time, but the sheer amount, I'll... I just don't stop eating tacos. I only stop out of pity for the taqueria. Okay. <laughs> so, listen, anyone, I anyone put money down, and that includes Frank. In in fact, check in check in on the next episode. I will have eaten ten tacos. If if that's what it takes to prove I'm the king of tacos at Pro Wrestling Tees, so be it. Listen, I've been present for many of these uh, showdowns, and I think. I think Frank, if he really tried, he could maybe get to nine. Because even at eight, he was kind of just like, oh, like yeah. it was was weighing down on him. Um, 
I think he could get to nine. I don't think he could get to ten. I think out of spite, you would possibly get to eleven. Like I could probably if, get to eleven. Yeah. Um. I I can normally only knock out four of those tacos. These tacos are from yeah. uh, El Patron. Uh, they're so good. It's here in Chicago, and I mean, if any of you guys know, like they pack those fucking tacos, and they're double tortillas. Yeah. So it's easy to get full on them. Um. Uh. You know. You know. What's funny is um. Maybe maybe it was like two years ago. Stupid Karima, who is the manager at One Hour Tees, said that she could beat me in frozen pizza eating. And I think I, I think I made the claim that I could eat three frozen pizzas in under thirty minutes, and I still stand by that. Uh, yeah, there was something like that. I remember I told her I was like I could eat two. And she backed out. Yeah, she backed out. This is also the same person where she was like, I remember one time she. I said something about like yeah I was like I, I was like I, I I would get it something about getting into a fight with a wrestler, and then she's like yeah I bet you Nikki Bell kick your ass I was like who old fucking wonky neck I was like not at all I was like I, I was like I would just have to like put apply pressure onto her fucked up neck, and that's yeah. pretty much it and she kept insisting she's like no no I was like all right whatever um but spe- hey speaking of fighting uh. Joshua Davis, friend of the show. Again, we just recorded uh, Twister with him. Very fun. Shout out, Josh. Um, how many third graders do you think you could fight at once and win? Um, it th- this is a hard question. I think because most third grade, like my my nephew is what second. My nephew's either second or third grade. I forget which one. I'm not that. Great. Okay, so now, how old is that? Age wise, I believe it's about nine or ten. Nine or ten, yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Continue. Yeah, or yeah, it's about nine or ten. Um, realistically, like if they're all coming at me at once, I want to say three or four. Like, because listen, I, if if the sole object is to like terminate these kids who are running straight at me. I'm going to fight as yeah. dirty as I can. This isn't an oh, yeah. honorable fight. This isn't mortal no, no. combat. No, no, no. I want to say three or four, depending on their size. Like, if I can see these kids, like, if I can see them beforehand, and be yeah. maybe I would say, like, five, you know, five just to be generous, you know? Generous to myself also, because, again, yeah. maybe, maybe I am not as... Uh, smart as i think i am by taking on five of these kids but i want to say just to be safe three to four um if they're bigger kids more so three than four but even then like i said i'm fucking i'm i'm playing dirty i'm you know going for the genitals uh <laughs> actually that sounds that sounds weird out of context uh <laughs> you know right the tasty genitals. <laughs> <laughs> listen i'm fighting dirty is all i'm gonna say right i'll i'll kick a yeah. fucking third grader in his little third grade dick i don't give a fuck oh yeah you know, oh yeah. I'll fucking I'll rip a kid's ear off. Like I I don't care. Um, what about you, Dave? Well, I'm gonna say ten or twelve. <laughs> o- only because one, I'm a bigger guy. So and also I I have had I've had, I've babysat a bunch of kids. I've been at parties with a bunch of kids, and for some reason, I'm very punchable to kids that age. They just like fucking with me. So I've had kids pile on top of me just like roughhousing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure 10 or 12. And then that's only because 
you know, I'm not in the best shape anymore. <laughs> I'd probably get tired after that. I, um, I can see you taking 10 or 12. Yeah, I just think like they would probably, and I would just start throwing them and then, yeah, like stepping on them. <laughs> and and listen, none of these kids are surviving. <laughs> There's no redemption for them. They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt, Stank here could punch a third grader in the head and that's it. Yeah. Like, without yeah, a doubt. Well, it's funny because, like, you know, my daughter's 13, and I always tell her she's lucky that she's my daughter and not my son. Because, like, you know, like, even even yesterday, you know, we went to the – we were at some softball tournament, and then we went to this gas station. And, like, whenever we're waiting in line, she's, like, punching me in my gut. <laughs> and just, you know, using me as a – you know, we're just roughhousing. And sometimes she takes it too far, and it almost makes me mad. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say, if if you were my son – I would clock you right in the face. <laughs> She's like, "What?" And then I'll just do, I'll just say, "Don't move. I'm not really gonna punch you." And I'll just slow mo, like put, like I'm swinging at her, and then I'll make contact onto her face. I'm like, "Just imagine this meaty ham hawk, full power punching you in the face. You would be dead." And she's like, "Yeah, but you won't do that." And then I'll turn around and she'll kick me right in my butthole. I'm like, "God damn it!" So if if I was able to unleash my full rage on these children. At least ten or twelve. Oh yeah, ten or twelve. You'd be screaming fucking your daughter's name at them, and we'd all be like, "I'd feel, I'd feel so alive." <laughs> <laughs> uh, this next question, pretty easy. Uh, I'm, I can, I, I will pretty much, an- I can pretty much answer for the both of us. Um, yeah. <sighs> George Cruz says, "How much of a pain in the ass is it to process my giant orders whenever there's a sale?" Uh, for Dave and I not a pain in the ass at all we don't do it we don't do any of that stuff so yep. uh, not, not my department yeah not our not yeah not our problem uh you know if you were to ask this everything's a problem oh yeah of course but i mean the whole ordeal it, you know it's fine you know he's uh yeah. he's someone who was born a 44 year old jewish man you know <laughs> so he's just it's fine uh you mentioned him earlier dougie nanya uh he asks a question uh, what would it take for us to get more two ups? Even one more money aside, y'all know we will pay for stuff we want. Marty Skrull can't be the king of brawlers forever. Dave, I'm I'm gonna tell them. All right, uh, yeah. two ups, forget about them. We're doing new ones called eight ups, which is yeah. just you know it, it's do the math uh, a lot yeah. bigger. You know we saw that uh, Funko was doing these uh, eighteen inch, you know these giant fucking Funko pops, and we figured we can't let them get the upper hand on us. So, uh, no Which more. I have, I've got the 18 inch Batman. That thing's a goddamn nightmare. It's, it's a, a monster. It's about as big as a third grader, I would assume. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no more two ups. Well, there's going to be an eight up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, those will be those will be coming uh, for you soon, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, realistic answer. We get that question all the time. I wouldn't hold your breath on it. It's, they're so heavy, they're so dense, and we had so many left over. And everyone says, oh, you do a pre-order. Yeah, we could do a pre-order, but we have to hit a minimum. And ju- just the amount of weight that these things. I will say, if one ever did happen again, my best bet would probably be Macho King. But that's not me putting out a hint to anyone or any subliminal. I'm like 99.9% sure we'll never do another two-up. Yeah. So you can quote on that. Yeah, but that eight-up. That eight-up is definitely happening. Yeah, that eight-up coming this fall. 
Uh, it weighs 4,000 pounds. <laughs> Uh, another microbrawler related question that we get frequently is uh, from Eric Sotosanti. Um, why can't we get a Ryan Barkin microbrawler? Because um, he doesn't want one. Yeah, he really is. The buck stops there with him. And uh, it's he does all the ordering. So it's not like I can sneak one past him. So um, we get there a lot. Like, it's funny because I don't know. I don't know. I would say. And I've, you probably agree with me, Berto. Ryan's got a certain amount of healthy ego, mm-hmm. but not not in the way where he just wants to see portraits of himself. Like we always joke, like when we did the first uh, all out, we would tell people, "Hey, go, Ryan! Ryan is really looking to do selfies with people. So if you find him, well, just uh, you know, tell uh, him. Uh, and he does not want to do it." So we posted that in the group, and I, I actually yeah. talked about this on. On the, the NRD podcast, um, yeah. one of the things that I, I went out of my way to do, purposely just out of my way, was people would come up to Ryan and they'd be like, hey, are you Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees? Which, one, it's hard to not it's hard to not know like the Pro Wrestling Tees people because we're all covered in head-to-toe Pro Wrestling Tees everything. You know? Yeah, we're essentially we're giant, billboards. Giant billboards, yes. Um, but people would come up to them like, oh, yeah, are you Ryan? from pro wrestling tees and he'd be like yeah and then i would butt in and be like hey do you want a picture with that with ryan and you know ryan would take a picture and he was like dude he's like he's like stop telling people to take pictures with me because he just like he gets shy and i think he it's not that he doesn't want to take the picture i think he feels awkward he i think he thinks he's that we're putting that other person in the in like the position where they don't want a picture, but like it's kind of rude for them to say no. But these people are genuine fans of him. Like he could set up he could set up a booth at like a WrestleCon and make yeah. money. Oh, yeah. You know? Like Well, it it reminds me of that scene in Avengers, I think it was Infinity War, where the Hulk is sitting there and everyone wants to take a picture with the Hulk. <laughs> and then Ryan feels like he's Ant Man. And like, come on, take a picture with that man. He's like, they don't want to do it. No, they're actually saying no. Like, he really feels like that. But I know that I know that's like a surface insecurity. I think deep down inside, he knows everyone really wants to, you know, shake his hand and say how much they appreciate him. I mean, we we saw that at Double or Nothing when you know we bought out the first several rows and you know some of our VIP guys and everyone was just coming to him saying, Ryan, this is what you mean to me. Hey, I love your company. You know, it's just, but he doesn't like to put himself out there like that. No. And Hey, speaking of double or nothing and people sitting in the front row, uh, one of, one of the, one of those people is here asking a question. Uh, we go to Ryan Mears, uh, you know, wonderful Ryan Mears. Um, I like this question. It says, what was your very first job and how did it end? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah. So my very, my very first, like my first technical job, cause I kind of worked like random, like side jobs. My first technical yeah. job was at the movie theater. Um, for like, as soon as I turned 16, I wanted to work. I'm very much someone who like, um, I I just I wanted to work. There was things that I wanted that like I was just I was like um I don't you know like you get to a certain age where you don't want to bother your parents, right? You know, and that was very much how I was. So I got a job at sixteen. You know, hell, if I could have gotten a job at fourteen, fifteen, I probably would have. As a matter of fact, I tried to get a worker's permit um, and had one, but just nobody wanted to hire me. 
uh, my dad was, we would always go to the, this movie theater. If you're in Chicago, it's uh, over on uh, Logan and, and Western city, North 14. Um, and he was always like, yeah, I know the manager. I know the manager. I can get you a job there. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Dad, whatever. Then one day we walk in and he just walks up to like the, the general manager and starts talking to him. And he walks over to me. He's like, yeah, he's like, uh, your dad tells me you want a job here. And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, gives me an application, tells me to come in like on a Tuesday or something, whatever, whatever the case was. Like, yeah, come Monday or whatever. I show up. I essentially already had the job. Um, they basically just wanted me to come in and just fill out paperwork and stuff like that. Uh, I was there for about two years. It, it was a fun job, you know? Um, yeah. Being able to go to the movies and watch as many movies as I did, that was always fun. I loved going to midnight premieres. Uh, again, it was simultaneously the best and the worst job ever. Um, I, I, I would steal a lot of the movie passes and give them to people. Like that's how I became friendly with Ryan. That's how I became more friendly with Cabana. Um, yeah, I would, you know, steal those movie passes and, and, and give them out to wrestlers. Uh, it towards the end, it was one of those things where it became very evident. Like there was a glass ceiling and you weren't going to break through that glass ceiling. And I was someone who I was, I was very hard worker until I wasn't because again, I, I, I kind of got smartened up about like, yeah, like they're not, they're never going to, uh, promote from within. It's happened once and that's pretty much it. Like they're never going to promote from within. And even the people who were like managers got paid like shit, got treated like shit. So it was very much like, well, what the fuck do I want to do that for? Um, Three weeks before the Dark Knight Rises came out, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to work this. Because they were like, oh, you guys are going to have to work like 80 hours a week. And I was just like, no. So I applied for Kohl's, got the job at Kohl's. Um, and then as soon as I told them, like, I, I had just enough time to put in my two weeks. And then, like, at the end of those two weeks would be the weekend that the Dark Knight comes out. They tried to, like, no, 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 like, come on, like, don't leave, like, da, da, da. But again, at that point, I was just over it, and they went from, like, giving me a full schedule to, like, all right, well, you have one day this week, one day next week, and then that's it. And I don't even think I came in. I think it was pretty much just, like, cool, fuck you guys, too, then. And then, uh, yeah, I don't – for a while, I didn't go back there, but now I do because no nobody, nobody that I, I used to work there with Time still works there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Diff? So my first job actually was like a really cool job. And like you, my dad hooked me up with it. So um, my dad used to work at this company called Austin Continental. Um, it was it was kind of like right across the way from Lane Tech. Um, and now I was 14. I don't think legally I was supposed to be working there. Um, but it was a big machine shop. And uh, so on my summers – since my parents didn't want me being a hooligans, uh, I would just go in and then I would over the summer I would work sixty hour weeks with my dad. Wait, in it, this, was it next to like the Party City? I don't, I don't remember if there was a Party City there. I'm trying to think of the address. I think North Talbot. Is that by Lane Tech? Yeah, like it. It was on Western, right? I I don't remember. I I know the address. I think was something North Talbot. Okay. I, um, I, I think I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So 
like traditionally they made uh, license plate screws. So like, uh, you know, you there would be like a special screw set for your license plate. But but they had grown and then they had U.S. defense contracts. So this was kind of right around the time we were in Iraq. And we were doing parts like for timing mechanisms for Patriot missiles. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my dad, he would work on a, on a lathe. Uh, we had CNC mills everywhere. And then my job was quality control. Like, you know, we would get, oh, they, they also made ice augers for ice machines. So there'd be like these spinning, like they were like big drill bits and it would crush the ice for machines. So we would get these like cylinders of machined aluminum and then I would deburr them, which, you know, there's these sharp edges and you got to make them smooth. And then I'd also have to take like a micrometer and make sure like the tolerances were, you know, were fine. And then I would work on these like timing mechanisms for Patriot missiles for the U.S. you know Department of Defense. Um, a lot of that involved you. You were I was at the bottom of like I wasn't programming missiles or anything, but you know, when whenever you put these parts on these machines, they put petroleum jelly in them, uh, so they would pop off the housings. And then my job also as part of deburring and quality control was I would take these pieces of machine metal, put them in a tub of degreaser, which eats p- petroleum jelly. And then you take like an air hose and you, you hose it all out. And this stuff is so caustic. It would burn through. Um, we had like these really big rubber woven rubber gloves and it would eat through the joints and the fingers. So it would just leak through. And what this stuff does is it sucks moisture out of everything. And, it was already going in my gloves, so I was just sticking my bare hand in this stuff, and it would turn my hand like white because it would just dry my hands out. Um, and one day I was degreasing these augers, and um, I was spraying, and nothing was coming out. So I looked in it, and I hit the spray, this air hose, and all this petroleum jelly with degreaser went into both my eyes. And it was sucking the moisture out of my eyeballs. <laughs> And I'm rolling around the ground like, ah, I'm blind. like I'm 14 and I'm panicking. I'm like, holy shit, this is this is how it ends. And I don't think I'm turning into Daredevil anytime soon. <laughs> so I'm rolling around and like everyone's like, everyone's like, go. we had eyewash stations. They're like, go to the eyewash station. I was like, I don't fucking know where it is. Like I'm turned around. I'm bumping into sharp metal pieces and stuff. Finally, someone guided me and fucking hosed my eyes out and um, like – I think it was like three weeks after that, they were like, we can't have you at the shop. <laughs> like, like it was dicey for me being there without like a work permit as it was, especially it was just a, a dangerous machine shop. And by then they were like, this kid's an idiot. <laughs> and he's going to get us in trouble. So um, I can't tell you how many times like I've like cut myself and openly bled in there. Um, like I said, got hurt. My my hands were fucking dehydrating every day. Um, but it was fun because I got to work with my dad. I got to see my dad in like a whole different light. Um, you know, like throughout my life, my, my dad had like substance abuse problems. So he would kind of like go off benders and like he'd be gone for weeks. But I loved him and I loved like being around him. And so just working with him and then having the taco truck come in and we're just we're just eating like a couple of working dudes. Uh, it was very cool. It was very hard work, and my mom pretty much took the entirety of my paycheck every week. But just hanging out with my pops was really fun, and uh, yeah. But unfortunately, 
machine shop uh, deburring, probably not my best showing in the workforce. And so I had to move on to greener pastures. And it's a good thing you did because, uh, yeah, like I said, you're probably a hell of a lot better at graphic design than you are. Uh, yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, this next question, another question from Frank Spothick. I, I, I think it's, I, again, much like the other one, I can pretty much answer it for the both of us. Um, Frank says, is it true after every episode in studio, you guys kiss each other on the cheek as a job well done? Um, no, we actually kiss each other in the mouth. It's, it, yeah. you know, it shows. Um, how- I mean, there's a, there is a, there is a little nuance. What I'll do is I'll, you know, and it's, it's become ritual by now. We'll say, oh, thanks for having – okay, we'll we'll have your episode up in a week, and then we take our headphones off, and I'm like, all right, come on, give me a kiss on the cheek. And Berto will lean in, and then inevitably I'll just turn my head, and our lips will press together. And we laugh, and we all act like we don't know what's happening, but we, we know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's just – I mean, and listen, ask any ask any duo that does podcasts. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you think fucking Jamie and uh, Joe Rogan aren't doing that same thing, you're fucking you're, – you're stupid. Yeah. They're definitely smooching. Yeah. Um, this next one uh, comes from a, a fellow employee of ours, a coworker of ours, uh, Jacob Taos. He says, fuck, marry, kill Ryan, Frank, and Michael. Um, is, cool. it sa- is it safe to say both of us kill Michael? Yes, every time. <laughs> All right, kill Michael. Um, I think I'll listen. So, oh, so I, I this one this one I did see, and I had a little bit of time to prepare. Sure. Um. Mary Ryan, all right. Of but but as many of you know, you know we, we had uh, the wonderful Julia Barkin on before his wife. Um, yeah, I'll I'll marry Ryan, but there's so there's so much room at that house. Be like, hey, listen, you you guys can still share that room. Uh, I'll yeah. be over here legally. I'm his wife. Yeah, but you know I don't want to break up this beautiful family. No. So um, you're there to help. Yeah, listen. Damon and the kids, they don't have to call me their new mom, but they do have to respect me as such. And, you know, yeah. um, it's fine. They can keep, they can still call me, you know, Birdo. That's fine. But, like, I am their new mother. Yeah. You know. Um, and then I guess that only leaves the option of fucking Frank, um, which, I mean, I guess it's fine. I don't want to break up that marriage between, you know, he and Mel. And, uh yeah. I think I listen. I think this way is the best possible solution for everyone. I mean, yeah, Monica would probably really sad, um, but it's fine. You know? We're relieved. We're relieved. I don't know. I don't know. You know, yeah. like yeah, I think yeah. For me, definitely kill Michael because he brings me to that the brink of that almost every time I'm in the office. Like you, you, you know how uh, you know how you take Tylenol, you get maximum strength. Mm-hmm. When I get there, it's almost maximum rage minus one step. Otherwise, there'd just be a blood splatter where he was. Um, Mary Ryan, for sure. I mean, listen, I'm not above admitting I, I would definitely be a gold digger. Um, and I would just randomly suggest things you know, around the house that would make me happy. I'm like, listen, happy wife, happy life. I mean, you know? listen, and, and we've been around to see how wonderful of a husband he actually is. Yeah. He's very loving, very, very kind. I would not mind being a sister wife with Julia. <laughs> and then, of course, fuck Frank. I mean, he's the closest thing to me at the shop. It, it would be wonderful if, if we could join in a union where I don't know where Dave ends or where Frank begins. We just become one, and, and it would be beautiful. And I think, I think Melissa would be fine with that because 
she knows it's not an emotional thing. It's purely carnal lust. Mel, so Mel's a cool I, person. I think I think she yeah. would. Yeah. There's things I can provide Frank that she clearly can't, and and that's not a knock on her. But I mean, come on. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, there you go. It's it's funny that both of us chose to kill Michael. Um, yes. Because the next question actually comes from Michael himself, and it is, "How much do you love Michael?" Um, I'll go first because I mentioned earlier I have a story about Michael. Um, so the day uh, Thursday when I was recording the uh, NRD podcast, um, we recorded that day with uh, Joshua Davis, of course, the Twister Review over on Patreon, and then I was recording their podcast with them. Um, I I mentioned to Matt Nix that I was doing a podcast review that I was doing two two interviews. Um, what I forgot to mention was the time that I was doing the second one because he brought him and a bunch of other people came up here to into his office to watch the draft. The draft, yeah, yeah. So I the NFL draft, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to record in my office as we're right next to each other and these guys are just hooting and howling. Right. So I'm kind of panicking because I'm just like, ah, I don't know where to record. So I call Vinny. I'm like, hey, Vinny. I'm like, do you have a – I'm like, do you by chance have a, a spare key in your office? I explain the situation to him, and he's like, fuck. He's like, well, I have it with me, and he's in Florida. So I was like, all right, well, fuck. Then I call Michael. I say, hey, Michael. I'm like, do you uh, – you know, and I explained the same thing. He's like, oh, yeah. So he they have uh, like a special storage room with like a, a keypad lock. So he gives me the code for that. I go in there. I grab the spare key. I go into the into his office where, where they print out and, and ship stuff. Uh, you could still hear everyone upstairs. It's like because right. they're that loud, and I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "All right." So I, you know, close up that office. I go over to the storage room, close the door on the storage room, and the lock locks. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, I find I want I free, I I wind up finding somewhere to record. The next morning, Michael's like, "Hey," he's like, "Did you lock the bottom lock?" Um, we can't get in there. And I'm like, nah, man. I'm like, I, I never, I was like, I wasn't even aware that was a thing. I'm like, I, I just, just closed the door and like the top lock, like auto locked. And that was that. He's like, oh, okay. Cause we can't get in there. The bottom lock is locked. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, well, again, like I didn't, you know, I'm like, I never, I never touched that bottom lock. Right. They wind up having to like, break the doorknob or something to get in there because they just couldn't get in there and i felt bad like i legitimately did feel bad um because i mean listen was i the last person in there yeah but like also like i never touched that fucking lock you know like i'm so like i was gonna call i was literally gonna call him to be like hey how do i lock this but i mean the fuck you heard like and it locked and i was like all right well i guess that's that uh, so how much do I love Michael? A lot because um, I think he, you know, he he was a little annoyed with me. But uh, come lunchtime, you know, we were all gallivanting like the the chatty Cathy's that we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, you know, we always joke around about him being stupid, Michael, and how much we hate him. No, I I love the guy. He he's really like I would like to describe him as the little brother I wish I'd never had. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. He's very much to me like the older brother. Like with him, with him and Karima, like I feel I feel obligated to be their annoying little brother. Yeah, like I go out of my way just and 
out of just get pissed. Yeah, you know, and it's just like and it's like as it's a, a, a true sign of love. Me being yeah. as like a, as much of a troll as I can, you know, like I'm constantly telling Michael like, um, you know, I'm like uh, his sister in law. For a while, I was just like, hey man, I'm like, you know, fucking, you know, put me on with her or what? And he'd be like, what? No, she has a boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm like, but I'm like, I would make so much better of a boyfriend. And again, like, just for the sole purpose of making him uncomfortable and saying all these things. Um, And then uh, uh, his wife, Monica, her cousin, she started working here. Exact same thing where I'm like, dude, think about it. I'm like, me, you, and Matthew can all be wearing matching Christmas footy pajamas on Christmas. And he just looks at me like, You know, like he just gets so upset. Um, but it, yeah, it, it is. He secretly wants that. Oh, 100%. Like, it, it, it's, it's funny because um, if we're all unusually cruel to each other at the shop. And this is part of the dynamic. And it's clearly coming from a place of love. But we, we love just like going at each other. And it's funny because like sometimes you don't realize how hard you go at someone until you get like a fresh perspective. And so we've got, uh, we've got Jimmy. He's, uh, he's our newest person, you know, in the pro wrestling tease room. And I think for like the first couple weeks, he was like, Jesus, you guys are so mean to Michael. <laughs> and, but then if you've sat with Michael for any period of time, you know that he partially asks for it and he brings it on himself. Cause he could be a, a bit of an asshole himself. And it's just like this fun dynamic. But no, listen, as, as much of a pain as Michael can be from time to time, you know, if you're a toy collector and you're a friend of his, he goes out of his way to help you. Sometimes he doesn't. But for the most part, he's like, yeah, I got you. And, you know, there was a time he had a bunch of PS5s and everyone's just coming at him. Like, Let me get that PS5. For, you know, uh, he's always there for you as a friend. He's a good dude. Um he listens to way too much soft R and B and rap. Um, but that's just him as a person. And it's weird because like he had this whole other life as probably one of the coolest people in the room as MIC, you know, juke legend, MIC as a DJ. So he, he's, he's had a colorful experience. We, we love Michael, but we also hate him. Yeah. It's, I always, he's very hate him. <laughs> uh, I kind of always just go back to, I'm the Jericho cruise, uh, there was it was the three of us stuck in a room, and there was, was so fun. The, the third bed, the third bed option was you either pull out the sofa bed, or you pull yeah. down this like cot from the ceiling. Yeah, um, and 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 we knew we knew about the sofa bed, <laughs> but he didn't. Yeah, so we just made him. We, we we thought it would be funnier to see him climb up a climb up and down a ladder. Uh, so he sat there. Or he he slept there, and I. I I think it wasn't until the last day that we were like, oh yeah, there's a sofa bed. Um, but you know, that's just how we, that's just, you know, that's how we show our love for Michael speak. You know, yeah. Um, well, this next question, uh, comes from an Anastasia. Uh, <laughs> she asks how many of these goddamn Ninja Turtles do you need? Love you with a kiss emoji. Um, how many of these goddamn Ninja Turtles do you need Dave? Cause I have, I have none. So, uh, Annie, I, I need I all of them. Yeah, I don't need any. But Dave, uh... Annie, my 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 loving wife, um, clearly having a go at me. Um, I need all of them. I'm sorry. It just 
it's funny because like, you know, something happened like in the last five years where it really went into overdrive where I need these Ninja Turtles. And so she's been putting up with me going to toy stores, entering raffle contests, making trades. And I really do have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to Ninja Turtles. So I thank you, lover, for allowing me to indulge. Uh, but all of them, I need all of them and that's not going to stop anytime soon. There's always going to be another one. So I will say I just recently acquired probably the rarest NECA Ninja Turtle. They offered, uh, the movie April O'Neil. They have a signature edition and they only made 2000 of them. And I got one. So feeling pretty good about myself. Fuck yeah. Um, this next question comes from another person that we, we love truly, Truly, madly, deeply here at the the PWT cast. I'm, of course, talking about Jesse Kohlenberg, um, yes. OG friend of the show. Uh, OG. He has, yeah, he has a few questions. Um, first one, it says, when can we finally have another AEW or freelance show in Chicago? Can we get a live show at e- Can we get a live show at either of those two? Maybe a watch along? Um, well, seeing as neither of us are Tony Khan or Matt Nix, Jesse, um, I don't know. <laughs> Simple questions that is, uh, we don't know. Um, yeah, it happens, it happens. As far as like a live show format, um, normally when we're at these things, we just like to watch the show as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, friend of the show and sponsor, uh, Vinny Malave from the Uh we were talking about when the Horror House 2 happens, we'll do another live show. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had a lot of fun on the first one. We had no idea what we were doing. We were, we were only a few weeks in, right? Yeah. Feels- yeah, and being the dummy that I was, uh, accidentally deleted that file. So it'll be forever be the lost show. If you were there, you were able to witness it. Um, that's some premium content. That's some, yeah, that is some straight up. I, like, you know, you can ask Vivian about it because Vivian was there. Frank was there. Very cast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another question. I'd love to do another one. Yeah, we'd love to do another one. Uh, another question he asks is, would you rather live in the Matrix universe or the Judge Dredd universe? Um, I've I've never seen Judge Dredd. Whew. Yeah. But you should. I know... Watch, uh, watch, the, watch the newer one. Don't watch the Sylvester Stallone one. Well, the whole thing is he's a cop, right? Well, he's a judge. There, there's a... See... <laughs> It's weird because it's oddly, it oddly mirrors our current society. But in that universe, the cops are judge, jury, and executioner, <laughs> whereas in our mainline continuity, that's not supposed to be. So, I, I you know, um, I'll go with the Matrix just because, um, yeah. you know, Joey Pants looked so happy eating that fake steak that he knew was fake. Uh, that's that's that would be my main answer. Yes. Yeah, he said, "I know that I'm hooked up to a thing, but my brain is telling me this is juicy, delicious." Um, also, in the Matrix universe, you could have the Judge Dredd universe, so you could have your cake and eat it too. Exactly. Um, his next question is: Jesse had a few questions for us. Is if the zombie ac- apocalypse happens, what department store or any store would you head to, and why? I th- Listen, if I would go to like a Walmart. But one of those like uh, southern ones with all those guns and stuff, um, mm-hmm. because there's so much at Walmart. 
Like I, I would I would hopefully not be there just by myself because you're gonna need a few people to like help barricade the doors, help make sure mm-hmm. nobody gets in. But like, you know, they've got they've got basically everything. They've got food. They've got you know like drinks and stuff, weapons of course. Um, they've got mostly everything. You need new clothes. They've got new clothes there. You know, so you don't have to worry about like oh fuck I can't do laundry. I, I definitely think like. I would go to like a Walmart, you know, one of those like big Walmarts. What about you, Dave? So I've, I've actually thought at length about this exact situation. Um, so if I were to go to, um, like, uh, if I were to go to a, a department store or some, or some sort of store, probably Costco or Sam's club. And I would get all, like everyone would be grabbing the meat and stuff. I would be grabbing canned goods nacho cheese puddings things like that things that could things that are shelf stable um vegetables like even though i don't like my vegetables um the meat i'll come across the meat eventually <laughs> so um but when it comes what does that mean take that as you will <laughs> i'll get i'll get my meat but um but as far as like a place to stay like probably my next place would be to find a local school with some like-minded people. We'll take the second floor and we'll barricade the stairs so that we could like go down, but the zombies can't come up and you know, you get them in a funnel in the stairways. Um, but maybe later that week I would hit up the police station and see what has been left. You know, we're talking tactical gear. We're talking batons, all the things that they use to oppress the people I would use to oppress the zombies. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I'd hit up Costco, then a school, then a police station. Um, yeah, that would actually be pretty, uh, pretty smart. Uh, yeah. his last question is if money was no object, what toy would you get? Um, I would buy, I have mentioned before, I'm super into, uh, Power Rangers in space and there's, uh, these two Megazords that they had that you know you could take apart and put together one was the astro mega ship the other one was the whatever ship um but that that astro mega ship like it's just i love it like i love the aesthetic of it i just like i want to get that thing tattooed on me that's how much i love it um i think i would want i would buy that and realistically i could probably go on ebay now and buy it um, like I, I don't think it's that expensive. Like I'll, I'll look it up now to see how much it is. Um, but I don't think as far as like, you know, money being like, uh, an issue, it's, it's more so being able to like buy back your childhood. You know, there's something, you know, there's something about like, oh yeah, I could, I could literally buy it now for like a hundred fifty, like 150 bucks. Like, so it's not you know it's not the most expensive 120 bucks there you go like it's not the most expensive thing um but it is just something about like being able to buy back a piece of your childhood so i i definitely think that's something i would buy what about you dave that's a that's an interesting question because i think part of the allure of a toy that you would buy that's expensive or rare is the fact that you don't have indispensable income you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if, if you have in, an infinity amount of wealth, then, you know, buying like a, a, a 10.0 graded Michael Jordan rookie card becomes like buying a stick of gum to you. 
So I think that would actually that would actually make the hunt less satisfying. Um, so if we're talking about like an actual toy um, or maybe line of toys, because I pretty much have every toy I want. There's always more toys that I want, but they're not out of reach. Um, that's that's really tough to say. I, I have most of the stuff I want. Um, if we're talking toy in like a grander sense, I've always said like if I became like a Powerball winner, you know, one of the first things I would do is buy my wife like a really nice, like diamond ring. And then the second thing I would buy would be a McDonald's franchise. And then the third thing I would buy would be an 89 Batmobile. <laughs> so okay. I don't know if that counts as a toy, but that would be my toy would be the 89 Keaton Batmobile. No, it, it, you know, it, it, it's not, a, it's not a practical thing. So like, it's like a big toy. No, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> We have a special question asked from a very special person himself. We have Ryan Barkin of Pro Wrestling TC, a uh, guest on episode 100. Future guest. Future yeah. guest. He asks, who has a bigger penis? And also, why is Michael Heredia's penis so much smaller than both of yours? Um, listen, Dave is called Big Stank Dog for, <laughs> for a reason. All right. I'm going to just lay that out there very much the same way he just lays it out there. And Michael has some, well, he has what's scientifically known um, as a micro penis, you know, as, yeah. as baby dick. Uh, so, I mean, you know, the guy yeah. can't help it, you know? I mean, well, I mean, it, it is, you know, we're all grown men, but um, when you take your pants off, you don't want your lady friend or your man friend to say, that's adorable. And so I feel like he probably gets that a lot. And it's meant as a compliment, but I don't think he takes it as a compliment. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, he's got, you know, he's got one kid and, uh, you know, he has another on the way. So clearly it's, you know, it's not an issue within, um, it's like a cork stuck in a wine bottle. Exactly. Just, just the cork part. Yeah. Um, you know. But yeah, big stink dog is big stink dog for a reason, you know. Um, Dave Canning asks, if you were to book a blood and guts match between Marvel and DC, who would you have on each team? Um, Ooh. Do you want to take Marvel or do you want to take DC or do you want to, or wait? You you do Marvel, okay, and I'll do DC. And it's what five or is it four? Five, five. five? Okay. Um, yeah. We'll do- Number one, Doctor Doctor Strange. Um, okay. Number two, Iron Man. Especially because like Iron Man is very very good at like he can, you know, come up with some sort of strategy to how you know how to kind of you know do this that and the other. Uh, number three, Magneto, because a lot of these superheroes are going to be using like or have metal gear. metal gear yeah. metal plating and stuff like that um so that's a given y- y- you got to do that um <clears throat> for my fourth got to go with Wolverine the guy is almost indestructible uh he yeah. will fight from you know he will keep going uh until you know he he can no longer stand um shit for my last person Oh fuck! This one's a hard one. Um, hmm. 
guess I would have to go. Oh God. Uh, these, all, these all don't have to be heroes. Yeah, no, that's what I'm trying to think. Um, Galactus. All right. <laughs> Based on sheer size alone, like, listen, if you can take down Galactus, by all means, then like, you know. So I think that would be my that would be my team. I got Galact- or I say Galactus, Magneto, um, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and who else did I say? Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah, that's uh, that's my solid five. What about you, Dave? All right. So my number one, I have to go with Batman. If you want any strategy and you want any amount of uh, gear preparation, that guy's your guy. Um, so people would naturally think I would go with Superman. However, I think that Marvel would know that and they would have Kryptonite ready. So I'm going to go with Shazam. Okay. He's basically he's Magic Superman. Um, then I would go with Darkseid. Okay. Uh, so that's three. Let me think. I just had a list in my head and I forgot half of it. <laughs> um. Oh, Doomsday because Doomsday actually was on par with Superman, and Doomsday is one of those characters that the more you beat him up, the stronger he gets. And for my four or my fifth, um, um, Wonder Woman. I would pick Wonder Woman. She has a unique skill set. Um, she can lasso anyone she needs to other than Galactus. I mean, I don't have a really good counter for Galactus other than Batman and his satellites, but I think I think it'd be a pretty formidable group against Marvel. Is that it? I'm surprised you didn't pick the Hulk. Ah, it's, you know. But everyone would pick the Hulk. Yeah, who needs That's a, a conventional choice. Yeah, who needs a Hulk when you have Galactus? That's true. You know who you could have gone with, though? Um, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could have gone. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) I always think of him as, uh, I know he's technically a DC guy, but yeah. Well, I stand by my, I should have picked Dr. Van (laughs) Hatton. I didn't even think of it, and you got me there. Uh, Fun question. That was my solution for Galactus. God damn it. Uh, Chris Eastwood asks, reasonably speaking, what is the largest bear you think you could both fight and win against? Straight up, I don't think I could fight any bear. Bears are, first off, they have those giant claws. Um, Yeah. They are, like, people always pose the question of, like, who would win, a bear or a gorilla? You're insane if you think a a gorilla could withstand the bear. A bear is a tank. Those things can run up to 45 miles an hour. They can climb. 10 out of 10 times a bear is is winning oh yeah any fight within the animal kingdom um with that said i'm not fucking with any of these bears yeah you know you know what's funny i was actually maybe, i was actually maybe thinking a, of this question the other day maybe a large gay man but yeah that's that's, that's yeah. as much bears i could take uh i was watching this thing about Stu hart and they had a wrestling bear mm-hmm uh, obviously, like he had a muzzle and like he didn't have his claws, and I was like, I could take that bear, but he wasn't very big. I gotta say, if it's 
if it's a bear, it's got to be a cub. <laughs> anything other than a cub, like I know I like to toot my own horn, but anything bigger than a cub, I'd probably get. I'm probably get messed up from a cub too, or an adolescent. Um, so any anything 300 pounds and under, I could probably tussle with. But even then, I'm not leaving unscathed. Yeah, I, I just you know what, 200 pounds is the max I would go. I'm telling you, I would maybe like a brand new baby, like just fresh out of the like uh, you know fresh out of the womb, like that. I just uh, aside from that, you I, know what I wouldn't mess with. What and I and I'll stand by this. But the most, the scariest animal on the planet, even more than bears, would be like a a medium sized predatory cat. I'm talking like a cheetah, a jaguar, a panther. Oof, yeah. The, those things will fuck you up. Oh yeah, like no thing. I I've seen I, the amount of videos I've seen of these things ripping an alligator out of the yeah. water. No way. The the yeah. um, the jaw strength that these things carry. They can see in the dark. They have night yeah. vision. Like you know, like if it was up to me, like I always think about like how crazy it is that they haven't been weaponized. You know. Yeah. We got to find a way. <laughs> no, like in like full sincerity, like to me, yeah. I'm shocked that like, you know. Can you imagine if you were in a battle and some jaguars were coming after you, you'd be fucked. Like if you were in battle and they unleashed 20 jaguars, would you shoot down a, a majority of them? Sure. But like all yeah. the ones that you <laughs> couldn't, all the ones that you couldn't get. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, nope. well, especially like if you were in Vietnam at night in the jungle. There's, you're not hitting any of them. You're done. Done. Um, Ryan Crossley asks. Uh, he also has a, a few questions for us. Um, right. If you could run, if you two could run a fast food restaurant together, uh, what would the name of the place be? What would the theme be? Entree names, and who would you hire or not? Um, Ooh. I, th- I mean, I, th- I think it's that's very- a lot. That's a, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> I think I think it's fair to say Scrump and Stang's family restaurant. I was gonna say family diner. Yeah, family Scrump diner. Family diner. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that. I think I, I think it would just kind of be, at least in my head, kind of just like your regular breakfast diner. You know, like a golden nugget, a Waffle House, kind of one of those yeah. places. Twenty four hour breakfast. Mm-hmm. And if if I may add to the business plan, uh, twenty four hour wings. Oh yeah. Breakfast and wings. Hmm. I mean, entree names. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm sure there'd be a lot of PWT cast related puns. I mean, sure. I, again, without a full menu in front of us, that's kind of hard. And who would he hire or not? Um, definitely not hire Michael. Guys, you know, guy's too busy. He's uh, yeah, you know, he's too busy. Um, he's a newer. Yeah, but you know well, what? I don't know. Listen, I would. Uh, I don't know. I would definitely consider hiring uh, Dave Lasso, Dirty Dave, who used to work at over here for Wrestling Tees, just to come up with some like fun entrees because he's very much like a big foodie. So yeah, yeah, you know, like, and I would want some of that his homemade chili. It was all the time, just just buckets of of this chili. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any ideas for entree names or who you would hire? No, you know, I me and me and my brother chris we love eggs so we were joking around we would open up a restaurant called eggy boys 
and any and it would be a bunch of sandwiches, but you could put an egg on it. <laughs> that would be our gimmick. See, I'm not big on like burgers, like a Royale. like a like yeah, like burgers with eggs on them. Like, oh, I love them. That's one of those things where I'm just like, I don't know, keep you know, keep church and state separate. Well, I also this this was born. We were, we were driving to go eat somewhere, and then I had this idea in my head, and it was probably the grossest thing ever. But like, you know, you can get like an egg white omelet. Mm-hmm. Why can't you get an egg yellow omelet just made of yolk? That'd <laughs> <laughs> be so, so gross. Ugh. I mean, but, I, I'm yeah. sh- I'm sure you someone had to have made an egg yellow yeah, omelet. I'm positive someone has. Um, but that's has- not going to be at our diner. No, he has another question. If you co-wrote a movie or show together, what would it be about? Or it could be a comic book. Um, name of it, who would you cast? Uh, I mean, listen, I'm someone who I, I want to make a movie. Uh, yeah. When I was younger, I always talked about wanting to make a movie. And kind of just I, life got in the way. You know, I kind of just gave up on that. But that is still definitely something that I want to do. Um I mean, listen, if we're, I, I think we can make a comic book, Dave and I. Oh yeah. You know, we, we have the resources in front of us. We know a lot of people within the comic book industry, you know, shout out, uh, shout out Gorilla Publishing sponsors of of the show, as well as uh, Cryptic Closet. You know, those, those two companies have, uh, come together to make their own comic and listen, I mean, the the possibility of like a scrum and snake comic book coming out not that far-fetched would anyone buy it probably not but you know it's it's again it's one of those things that uh not too far-fetched yeah i mean i I pitched an idea for um tales from the crypt of closet four that Vinny seemed pretty receptive of and it would probably feature you on the book as as you you tend to be on the covers um i don't (laughs) I think a comic book would probably be easier. Like my first, as soon as I heard that question, I thought, "Oh, Tusk Two presented by Kevin Smith for a movie." Oh hell yeah! But um, yeah, I, I had ideas for a Batman story that I, I don't know if it would work today, but I would definitely like to write a Batman story. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I realistically, I've got about like three or four like unfinished scripts on my laptop um i don't know it's weird like i i like more independent movies like i would never in a million years want to make like a big budget like michael bay movie you know like i would more so um like want to do something on a smaller scale i think of stuff like that and like i always imagine what what is your first day on set for something like like taika waititi was doing all these small budget movies and then he's doing a Thor Ragnarok. Like, do you walk on set and you're like, what the fuck did I get myself into? 100, like hundred percent or the Russo brothers. Like, you know, they were doing episodes of community and stuff. And then, you know, they're helping steer the Marvel cinematic universe. It's like, I would have such imposter syndrome <laughs> being on that. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think a comic book would probably be easier than a movie. Definitely. And then we adapt into a movie. Uh, exactly. Uh, we've got two questions left. Um, the The penultimate question is comes from Garrett Gamera, who says, "Who are some wrestlers that don't have PWT stars that you would like to work with, design for, make micro make micro ballers of, etc." Um, 
I, I mean, I, I think that's more of a, of a you question, but uh, I, I, I kind of actually, you, you go ahead and answer that because I, I think it, it's easier for yeah. you. Well, I will say, as far as working for designs for wrestlers, I've had the great blessing of working with many of the people that I've idolized. Um, and you know, maybe not idolized, but I, I love their work. You know, some of the people I've, I was, I've been blessed to work with have been Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, Macho Man, Andre the Giant, uh, CM Punk, uh, RVD, you know, you name it. And for the most part, I've probably done something for them. Now there's a few notable exceptions that are, it will never happen. Undertaker will never happen. John Cena will probably never happen. Um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson might happen. He'd probably be at the top of my list. Um, so that would include designs and micro brawlers um, that I would like to work with. But I mean, there, there's some people that we really haven't had a really good chance to work with only because of the timing of where pro wrestling teased was at the time. And then whether they got called up to WWE, but like Samoa Joe, I'd love to do something for Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, as most people know him by um, Prince Devitt or Finn, you know, Finn Balor, you know, these are, these, there's a lot of people that I feel are some of the greatest wrestling artists of our time that they're probably making more money than they'll ever want to make. Um, but they're maybe not utilized correctly or something. And I would love to see for them to see how fans outside of the WWE universe would receive them just as they were without the WWE gimmick on them. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's pretty, I mean, like I said, I've, I've had the good fortune to work with so many really great talented legends of this business. Um, it's, it's really been one of my life's great joys. Uh, I mean, for me, everyone that you mentioned, <laughs> uh, funny yeah. enough, as well as, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. And I know we had Shinsuke Nakamura on the site before, right. but I feel like at pro wrestling tees as a whole, as a company, we've grown so much more that like, exactly. we, could, we could have so many more, so much more cooler, uh, um, designs as well as like. Oh, Shinsuke Nakamura micro brawlers sign me the fuck up like I I, I would very and, much love that and it, it was very much too like we knew he was great but it, it's one of those things like you don't know what you've got till it's gone and like instantly when Shinsuke left you know everyone got the opportunity to get the king of strong style shirt and everyone's like I, I need it I need it and it's like man if we just showed this much positivity while we had the access to him you know I'm not saying like pro wrestling tees as a company but I mean us as fans a lot of times we mourn uh, that they're wasting away in catering or whatever, and then someone gets released, and then we're like, "Oh yeah, you know, um, cherish these guys while they're making their craft, and they're not stuck to some kind of like soulless contract, wasting away." Like these guys are putting their bodies on their line, on the line for us, for our, for the love of the craft, and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people on the store. Hey, go support them. Go support them while you can. Exactly. And uh, for this last question, I'm I'm pulling it directly from uh from my Instagram Q and A that I did yesterday because I want to shoehorn and talking about this. Uh, but Drug Delaney, friend of the show, asks, "What am I supposed to watch now that Captain America and Winter Soldier is over?" Uh -huh. Wild drugs. 
It's a good thing you asked because uh, we got the answer. Yeah, we're gonna go out with talking about uh, Amazon's Invincible. Uh, it's a show that comes from uh, from uh, Robert Kirkman, the guy from uh, behind uh, The Walking Dead. Uh, I had heard about the show. I'd seen like previous word and stuff like that, but I just I kind of put it off because it was it was going it was going on at the same time Falcon and Winter Soldier was, and I just I didn't want to watch too much stuff all at once. And we'll we'll keep the spoiler free for the time being. Yeah, you know the the if fina- we're suggesting it, the finale yeah. just aired. We'll yeah we'll get a little more spoilerish next week maybe, but yeah. awesome fucking show. Like, um, it's only about eight, what seven eight episodes. Um, eight episodes. I really enjoy. It. And the crazy thing is, so this show just got renewed for two more seasons. Um, Seth Rogen and and his partner um, Evan. They're also working on a live action movie for it. Like they're working in conjunction with it. I don't know. I, I think it might just be its own thing and not directly related to this. But I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think it kind of lends itself more to an animated, uh, you know, movie as opposed to like live action. But I love the show. Like it's uh, my my favorite character was uh, Damien Darkblood who's this like a demon detective very much reminded me of like hellboy but again just like a detective there's like it's like a very cool thing where like anytime he enters a room it just gets really cold like really cold and everyone just has like um you know like cold breath and stuff like that um really really fun show for me again it's it's pretty easy to digest like it's only like like i mentioned seven eight episodes um yeah, like I, I really enjoyed it. I, I started it Thursday and kind of just binged my way through it because it was so good. Like it was one of those shows where I had to stop myself because like I mentioned it to Matt Nix because he's actually reading the comic book first and then he's going to go watch the show, um, which I don't know if you've read the comic book. I, I guess we could talk about that. But like um, as far as for me, I'm very much enjoying the show. Like uh almost bummed out that you know i'm gonna have to wait for seasons two and three but i am happy as well that there are seasons two and three coming it's very much in the vein of like watchmen and and the boys where it's kind yeah. of like uh subverse what is it? sub sub subversion subversion yeah it's just like it's you know the super it kind of flips the superhero genre on its head again much in the way that those other two did um what are what are some of your thoughts on it dave well so i'll tell you I, I've got this I've got this weird compulsion where if someone is saying something's really good, I resist it immediately. Mm-hmm. Like I was like that with Breaking Bad, I was like that with Game of Thrones. Um and oftentimes I'm like that with comic book properties. So um if someone tells me Mark Millar came and not so much anymore. Uh I've kind of learned my lesson. But if someone's like, Oh, Mark Millar made this book, you know, wanted, you should see it, I'm like, no thank you. I'll stick to the the big two. Um, that being said, I very much had that feeling with this. Um, I had seen covers of Invincible as a comic book, and I just thought it looked uh, like Saturday morning cartoon kids. And for for me, there's there's a lot of people that will do their version of quote unquote, the justice league, right. Or the Avengers. And like, whenever I can see something and I can point out, Oh, it's like, Oh, that's wonder woman. That's Aquaman. That's Batman. That's Superman. To me, 
I automatically think lazy. You guys are lazy and you just made a, a carbon copy. And so like I, I have all these prejudices just in my head about stuff like this. And and then also something like like a Netflix orig- or uh, an Amazon Prime original, like what they couldn't get Netflix. And so like I had all these things working against it. And um, so when I work from home, I'm right next to the living room TV. And then, you know, my youngest son, Jake, was watching it. And I, I was picking up on some stuff, you know, peripherally. And then I was like, wow, oh, this really – and I was starting to wrecking they have an all-star voice cast, by the way. And I'm picking up these voices like, all right. I was like, all right, this doesn't sound bad. And I wasn't really watching it, but I was kind of picking up on some things. And then I took a lunch and then I started watching one episode. I was like, oh, shit, this is really good. I'm going to stop watching it and then start from the beginning. And then I, I binged the show in like two days. Um, and here's the thing. You know, we've talked about uh, WandaVision being short episodes and how annoying that was. And then – Falcon and Winter Soldier really kind of hit like a really good mix of episode length and amount of episodes, but I, I could have done with more. This one is the same thing. I think most of the episodes are like 45 minutes to 50 minutes and there's eight of them, but it's such a good show that it, it seems like you've been only been watching for 20 minutes. Um, and yeah, like short of spoiling anything, there's characters in here. Omni-Man to me carries the show. Um, there's something about J.K. Simmons has a super dad that just like I could listen to him talk all day, dude. If you, um, if you thought Homelander in the boys cool. was fucked up, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, don't don't say anything. But yes, <laughs> there's some fucked up shit in this thing. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, I went from from being weirdly wary of it to now I want every single action figure they put out. <laughs> so. To me, that's the highest praise I can give it. No, definitely. Like it's like, hey, when we're you know when we're done recording this, I'm I'm, I'm probably gonna go buy a comic book or two of theirs. <clears throat> like it, I'm I'm very much the same way. Where it's like uh, there's certain people who, when they talk about like specific properties, I'll kind of just like, yeah, all right, like I guess it's good. But conversely, there's other people who like when they. I trust them so much. Like it, for me, it was waiting. Waiting was posting about it. I I trust his taste in comic book and comic book movies and movies in general. So and music as well. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Let me just give it. A, let me give it a chance. Let me give it a shot. Um, and I was not disappointed. Again, like I mentioned, J.K. Simmons uh, as Omni Man, just so good. Like again, if if you like the character of Homelander, or at least liked how fucked up he was. Man, yeah, you know it's oh my god, it's it's just so good. Um, yeah. But yeah, like if any of you guys are are looking for something to watch, check it out. It's on Amazon Prime, like I mentioned. Um, it's like what 40, 45 minute episodes each. Um, yeah, there was uh, the character of Rex who was voiced by Jason Manzukis, which made me made it a little hard for me to take him serious. Yeah. Um, but like every like like you meant like all the characters are pretty compelling, you know, like is a pretty good story for everything and they very clearly like set things up for future seasons as well um there's and i'll 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 talk about it just because it doesn't it doesn't factor into anything really but there's like the one episode that opens up with uh like the guy who's being possessed by a mummy yeah like (laughs) it very much just reminded me of um 
the mummy of you know of brendan Fraser's yeah. the mummy um and so that's clearly like they, they're planting the seeds for something for next season um and even the last this last episode shows you like a little bit of kind of where you know where things are going into the next season i can't wait like it honestly amazing show check it out if you already have it yeah i mean like the voice cast has got uh jk simmons sandra O, oh, uh stephen young uh mark hamill's in it mm-hmm. um walton goggins like it, clancy there's, like, a Brown, murder. so many there's Seth Rogen, Marshall Lee, like uh, yeah. so many people. Like you'll recognize some voices immediately, but then some Zachary Quinto, like so, yeah, Zachary Quinto. Yeah. so many people in this. Like it is, again, if anything, for the sheer impressiveness of who they were able to pull off. Like, um, yeah. there's one episode where they have the the guy from Rick and Morty, uh, Justin Roiland, yeah, yeah, Justin Roiland, Ezra Miller. Like, dude, there's so many people. <laughs> in this well, like, and, then, and that's the thing too normally when when they pull off like an ensemble cast for things it's kind of garbage i mean the oceans movies notwithstanding like a lot of times you'll get it and it's just kind of oh there's ashton kutcher and oh haha george lopez is in this too this one like these guys you could tell are not phoning it in with their voices they're really like I can't sing the praises of this enough. This is probably one of my favorite animated things I've ever seen. So, um, so you mentioned, I'm going to mention some more people that we didn't talk. Zazie Beats, um, yeah, she was in Deadpool as well as Atlanta. Um, Kevin Michael Richardson, who you know, when you hear his voice, you'll recognize him. He is in everything. Like, you know, uh, G- Gillian Jacobs. Uh, you mentioned Walt Goggins. Uh, uh, Zachary Quinto, uh, Christian Montopoulos, again, another voice person. He was Mo in the Three Stooges movie that came out not too long ago. Um, it, just uh, I mentioned Clancy Brown, uh, Mark Hamill, um, Marsha Ali, John Hamm, Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, like I think just so many fucking people in this thing that, like, it's crazy that they were able to pull it off. You have Michael Dorn in there, uh, uh, Jamin Hansu, like Ezra Miller, like dude, there's so many people. Um, definitely check it out. Reginald Vell Johnson, which uh, you guys may know him as a uh, Eddie from uh, Family Matters. Uh, no, uh, uh, Carl. Uh, yeah, Carl. From, so, so funny thing, I was I was watching the high school. I saw Reginald Vell Johnson High School. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? And then they have Principal Winslow uh-huh. is voiced by Reginald Vell Johnson. I was like, oh my god, this is the best. Yeah, that that's that that's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, check it out again if you haven't. Um, this has been a longer episode. Uh, you know, our apologies, but um, again, two brand new PWT cast shirts up on the site right now. If you want to, you know, support us or if you want some to represent, you know, your your new favorite podcasts. If you're a member of the Patreon, your stuff. Uh, some got shipped out Friday. Some is getting shipped out Monday. But uh, that stuff will be coming to you um, as well as, you know, like I mentioned, check me out on the Wrestling NRD podcast drops tomorrow. Um, This week we'll have uh, another movie review coming at you. And uh, I'm finally dropping that episode. I recorded this episode with my buddy like probably a month ago now. And I keep saying I'm going to drop it. I'm going to for sure drop it this week. Uh, And yeah, you know, uh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you guys for all the support. Uh, You know, I mentioned the sponsors earlier. Uh, Guerrilla Publishing, Freelance Wrestling, Freelance Underground, 
um, Cryptic Closet, M3 Toys. Uh, yeah, so you know, go check all of them out. That you know, link down below. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, thank you so much. If, if you're interested in more Scrump and Stank, more of our shenanigans, uh, head over to the Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash PWTcast. Um, but for uh, this Q and Stank, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.